Hello, everybody. Welcome to 321 No Kidding. Bobby the Awesome here. Joined with me today is Marina Shakur Haber. Welcome to 321, Marina. Thank you. I'm so delighted to be here. Same here. You are an expert on topics that I love to dive into. And before we, there's the artificial intelligence popping in. Um, That's what that ding was, but that's okay. So uh, before we dive in, why don't you introduce yourself? Maybe let the audience know a little about yourself and why you're here today. Why are you on the show? Well, I am a life coach and I have just recently been certified in hypnotherapy at Mind Valley. And uh, that was, woo, what an eye opener, a mind opener. Other than that, um, I have been in the healthcare industry. I was a, I had a nurse staffing agency. And what I observed was it's a stressful job, we know. And I observed the incredible stress our healthcare workers experience day by day. And those were the good days. Forget about times like ours where we have COVID, had COVID. So that's really, really stressful. And what I observed is truly that things break down if you are in a constant state of stress. As my life broke down, I decided, guess what? This is a great time that I look into how we can be happier, more fulfilled, and live a better life. I love it. That's why you're here, because that's the theme. I think that everybody is entitled to live a beautiful life. You bring up a great point about healthcare workers, like the job was stressful even before the last few years. Uh, so I'm, I really appreciate what work you're doing. I I know I wouldn't know what Mind Valley was if I didn't participate. So do you mind sharing what that is just for the audience to have a little sense? Thank you. Mind Valley. So the best I can explain it uh, is run by a gentleman, Vishkan Lashkiani, and he brings on great, great teachers, uh, individuals who teach courses, who instruct. He has, uh, I believe, um, half yearly, huge events. It's all about changing mindset and bringing people in who can help us to change our mindset. And uh, amazing teachers. So I've taken a couple of courses, but this one was just just beyond for me, for me. <laughs> yeah, I consider Vishan one of my mentors, love his books. Thank you for expanding on that. Um, you don't have to be a life coach to take my Valley classes. So I just kind of want to call okay. that out. Like it's yeah. good for everybody. Everybody. So thank you. I'm glad we got to give him a call out because like the Buddha <laughs> and the Badass, I love that book. I recommend it. Anyway, all right, so you have written a book and you you have a lot of key points that I like to talk about. Um, so I kind of don't know where to begin because I'm excited about a lot of them. You have tips, you have uh, your philosophy on how to be happy. So do you want to start somewhere that you feel is the most value to my audience and and we'll take it from there. Let me start with an anecdotal story from today and it's classic. I got a call from a gentleman. He's 46 years old. He read my latest newsletter and he said, I need to talk to you. I said, so what happened? 
Well, I've been so and so many years in the hotel industry, and then I changed and I took a different job. And after eight months, I got canned. My entire life has broken down. This is classic. This is the midlife crisis, the bump in the road, where something goes wrong, something breaks down. And it's a moment to awaken us, a, a moment where something is emerging. Usually, we don't like this moment. We really don't. I didn't like it. I said, excuse me, I had other plans, but I think the universe was in very strong disagreement with me and decided, no, you made an agreement, you're going. We don't need to listen, but more and more things will break down. It just is as simple as that. So he reached out and he said, I need to find my purpose. I need to find what I should be doing with the rest of my life. I'm confused. And in this confusion, we start seeking, we start looking, and we will find. And I'm not promising an easy passage into the next, into the next chapter, but there is, there, there, there has to be disruption for us to change something. If everything were smooth, why would we change anything? Mm. That's why things break down. We wake up, we hear a calling. We really do hear something that tells us it's time. It's not only about you, but it's also a bigger picture that is emerging. And that's really what I have been seeing and following. And there's always that same pattern, the up and the down and the up and the down. And that is healthy. So that's what made me pursue this. I love that. And it's funny because I just, they'll tell you I quit, but I lost my job. And I I loved the job, loved it. And I've always said to people, I actually called a friend of mine and was like, I'm in the get fired club. Um, I think that it's an opportunity. And a lot of times it's to push people out of their comfort zone. It it is the spark to a growth cycle. And I always ask myself because I wouldn't have found personal development. I don't think in the way that I have, if I wasn't in recovery, like my recovery journey left me here, Uh led me here. So I always wonder how do normal people find personal development? You know, like, nor, you know, people who, who aren't on the same quest that I'm on and you're giving a very good example when those hard times come. Yeah. But there is, uh, there's another metaphor I'd like to use. You spoke of comfort zone. Imagine you have a pair of very, very comfortable slippers. They feel so good. And you look at them, you go, "Eh, they're a little bit shabby, they're a little bit broken down, but no, you're going to keep them because they're just so comfortable. You don't want to buy something new. You don't want to get something new. But guess what? They will break down whether you like it or not. So you are forced to get out of your comfort zone, even the most comfortable slippers don't last a lifetime. So it's just that you're stretching it and the comfort become becomes uncomfortable as well. So maybe it is best like what we have been experiencing is get the first call <laughs> and say, all right then. <laughs> oh, I love that. So when you're working with clients, that's your role is to help them get to the next spot 
to to help them recover from the breakdown? Is that? That's as a coach, that's what I do. I help people really through their crises. And I've had young people, a young lady called me in hysterical in tears. And a whole lot of things came up from her childhood, a very difficult childhood. Then there whose marriages broke down in their 40s, kids had left, everything broke down. And so they need to find a new identity. And um, But then I added hypnotherapy to it, which helped me to see a completely new approach to helping people, which is um, circumventing or using, going around the conscious to the unconscious, but then bringing the two together and have them work as one, which I find uh, the way it goes, because in everything there's duality. So this is really should be one, but very often we fight. You know, we have the two two minds, the left brain, the right brain, the unconscious, the subconscious, um, uh, conscious and subconscious, and they do tend to work against each other. That's okay because that's the challenge that we need to go through to find something better. But in the end, they should work together. And I find both with coaching and with hypnotherapy that I managed to do that. And it goes faster though with hypnotherapy because we go underneath it. Can people that are abusing alcohol or gambling or drugs is would hypnotherapy help them if they if they are done if they want to end whatever is holding them back be that alcohol or drugs then hypnotherapy will work but if they are not ready no from what i have seen they must be ready so it's a desire to quit. Maybe they haven't yes. been successful, but at least the need yes. or the want to yes. change. Exactly. So does it work with every, it, it works with physical and um, psychological or compulsive behaviors then, as long as yes. the person wants? Exactly. They have to be ready. So they have to be fully committed. And it also has to be that there there's nothing physical on, underneath it. So I can't, I can't cure any, any illness, any physical diseases. That would be not what I do. But yes, if it is a psychological thing, if it's smoking or overeating, then yes. As long as the client says, I'm ready and I am so done with this, then it works. <laughs> so what, is it okay that we talk about this? And, and dive sure. in? I don't know much about it. Um, I'm taking, I'm guessing it doesn't take just one session. It's quick. It depends on the client. It can take a couple of sessions uh, or a few sessions. So it is faster than other, other therapies. Because again, what you're doing is you're going into a trance and it, it, it shuts the mind down. So this becomes quiet and you're talking in a, in an unconscious state to your, to yourself, to your higher self. For me, the way I see it, I see it as a very sacred, holy space that we are entering and I'm treating it as such. I put blessings around us and light and love because it, it is, I treat it as entering a sacred space. And I go in with the best of intentions 
and I, I would never force anyone to do anything. I'm suggesting, uh, options. Would you consider doing this? Would you consider doing that? Would you be open to do that? And, and then the subconscious mind says, yes. Or if there's a no, you have to dig a little bit deeper and deeper to see what's blocking it. But it takes a few times so that we're shifting our thinking and, and, and the pieces come together, huge breakthroughs. And I find having practiced it so much that there's a great sense of calmness overcoming us that is just so delicious. It is delicious. <laughs> oh, I love your energy. <laughs> um. So, all right, I'm trying to reconcile something in my brain. So maybe you can help me with this. I've come to believe, now, let me preface this with all my beliefs are based on, I'm always learning, so they're always subject to change. But my belief is that all people have suffered some sort of trauma Mm -hmm. and that all people who turn to addiction is because there's unresolved trauma or, or damage. That's, that's what the culmination of experts have led me. That's like my little hypothesis. So in this hypnotherapy, is it, is it navigating some of those past traumas or like how, like to me, a couple sessions sounds wildly impressive. Um, so maybe my hypothesis is completely wrong and that isn't the way it works. Like, can you expand on this theory I'm working on here? So you are right. Usually there is some trauma and that makes us, things make us feel bad. Therefore we are turning to self-medicate, which is either in the form of cigarettes or the form of drugs or alcohol, it makes us feel good. Remember the cycle that I talked about before? This is the cycle of life. That's the same cycle as we're doing when we, we're eating junk food, uh, drugs, alcohol. We're spiking, and this is the to the feel-good moment, and then we crash. And then we go up again, and then we crash. This is also the heartbeat. It's the up and down. It's the pattern of life. It's the going out and coming back. But to your point, whatever it is we are falling into, we're doing because it helps us to feel better. It makes, it calms us down. It relaxes us. So if you're open to letting go, if you're finally done, if the the uh, bad side effects are finally uh catching up to us and they're saying, I've had enough, then we can speak to the unconscious mind and ask the unconscious mind if it is open to change. We don't know how it goes. Are you open to change? And then we bring up images of the negative and the positive and one washes out the other and you're starting to get so disgusted with this behavior that you can't, it's, it's, it's pushing it away. It's, it's clearing it. It's getting it out. And a few times and it can be broken. Can people fall back into it? Naturally, everything uh, can be broken again, but it is a way to find an image that is so massively beautiful that you want to have that you're, and, and 
versus the horrible image of you being in this addiction. And you look at that and you cancel out the other. You look at that, you cancel out the other. And this goes all in a state of trance and it changes your behavior. That makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. And that's, oh, that's exciting stuff. That's how I think about um, going back to gambling. I yeah. can't go back because the the dream, the quality of life, the way that things I want to pan out, my mission to change the world. If I go back to gambling, I can't do all that. That outweighs all the things. It, That's exactly right. Exactly right. And I love your mission, changing the world. Oh my God, that just oh. <laughs> well, thank you. It's it's actually it's it's grown over the last couple of weeks. I read that book, Conversations with God. I don't know if you've read it. I hated it when I started. Had to put it away, and then the voice said, "You need to read it." I picked it up. I said. No, no. Third time I picked it up. It's back there. I can tell you it's probably 80% highlighted. My daughter always says, mom, highlighting is a few things, not all of it, but it's so good. I agree with you. Yeah. Well, it really, even if I didn't agree with every concept, it opened my mind to thinking a little bit differently. Um, And collaboration being one of the biggest things, like when they talk about uh, the, the war and, you know, like all the resources are there. They just need to yeah. be pulled together for the sake of yeah. good instead of bad. That was like yes. one of my big takeaways. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, I'm coming off the high of listening to that book a couple times. So, um, I totally digress. Well, speaking of books, why don't you tell us a little about yours? What, why did you write it? And then like, who needs to read it? Well, my second book, I had this, which is Your GPS to uh, Happiness. I had the person in mind that I spoke who is lost, who life broke down. And now it's the question, now what? What am I supposed to do? And it's when we are on that journey, the journey goes inward first. It's the journey where we have to find who we are. And that is that, like you said, that two shifts, it is never the same. When I was a kid, strangely, I thought when we get older, it's so much easier. We've done it all. We figured it out. But that is so wrong because not only do we change, but everything else changes too. The world changes. Nothing ever stands still. So this person finds her or himself in this situation and they look inward. Who am I? What do I want? What is my purpose? Why am I here? Um, and so I help them find the answers or open doors so they can find their own answers. Because really, I can't. I just open doors. Uh, take this venue. Take that. Look at this one. And then having been a Jack Canfield success trainer, the success principles, I love those principles because they are simple. They are just very logical, uh, taking responsibility, taking action, not blaming, shaming everyone else. So I, that's the second part of the book. So the first part is about being. Second part is about doing. And you will see a pattern in there. 
Third part is about having. And I'm not talking about clearly having the things, the materialistic things, but having gratitude, having forgiveness, having a beautiful life. And I based it on something I read in Conversations with God, that we've got it the wrong way. We believe when we have something, we will be happy. And then we will do something and we will be something. And uh, God says, you have to be it. You have to be it to do it, to have it, and then do it. Um, so it is all about being. Being is the key. Being you, being fulfilled, being happy, no matter what. Can we do it all the time? Definitely not. You're human. But by understanding the concept will help us get through our darkest days. And I think that's key. Oh, if, if you got all that in one book, like, where was it four years ago? And I had to figure this out myself. Like, <laughs> the it gets that breakdown, those moments. And, and again, they're the tool to get us to places like that. But yeah. man, they could be painful. And, oh, yeah. and shifting to that uh, gratitude for them. I, I guess where I'm going is the end result is amazing. If you can yeah. fight the fight and get through it, it's amazing. Yes, it and, is. And that shift of going, well, do you remember when you went on your journey from being just, I don't want to say just, that's not unfair. No, from, just as fine. Just as fine. <laughs> yeah. From being uneducated and unbeing to being. It's it's a long journey. I my first there were a couple of breakdowns when I moved from Vancouver to New York. I was by myself and I suddenly got very depressed. I was in my late twenties, and my mom sent me said I should read two books: Dale Carnegie and Norman Vincent Peale. Uh, Stop worrying and start living, or something like that. I got to the point that I got so fed up with all these sad stories. I took the book and went, I'm done. I am cured. So <laughs> then my life became better. I married my husband. Life was just peachy. Everything worked well until it didn't. And his business was had huge problems and IRS problems. And one day I was had my my daughter was uh, almost two and I was pregnant with my second child, my son. And so that was the day, this September the 13th, I believe, 1993, where IRS men and women in black came down my driveway in 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 my home in New Jersey. And they carried out everything they could from dawn till dusk. And um that was not very comforting. It was a very bad feeling. And uh, it went downhill from there. But two days later, I found myself standing on the hill. And like Scarlett O'Hara, I went, I will never be down like this again, as God is my witness. I wasn't. It Things were very difficult. I started the business again that my husband had been in, the, the nurse staffing business which became very successful until it wasn't. And uh, 
<laughs> Speaking of that up and down that you were talking about. Wow. And and it just fizzled out. And um I was found myself, I was running around the lake by our house in New Jersey. And um halfway on the other side, I thought I'm going to have a heart attack. The pain, I thought my heart is going to explode. And I had to stop. I grabbed my chest and I said, Oh my God, I'm dying. And I heard the voice. No, not yet. This is a warning. But if you keep it up, the next time will be the real thing. And I went, whoa. And the voice said, go do your father's work. Go now. And I think that was pretty much a very strong calling. I said, okay, you win. <laughs> you win. To, to be clear. Your father's work as in your biological God, father or, God, or heavenly God's father? Work. Okay. Heavenly Thank father. You. Yeah. So uh, I I said, all right, I guess I will be starting on my next chapter. And I've heard that voice a few times. Those were usually major events in my life. And I heard the voice and I was told every time, have I ever left you? Have I ever left you hanging out there? Mm. And And it was always no. So why would you worry now? Why would you doubt now? Why would I do that to you now? And the answer is always, I really don't know. I guess I should let it go. Yep. (laughs) Let it go. Surrender. (laughs) That's That's something I'm trying to train myself to do. What you just said, like that conversation, I try to have it with myself when I get nervous about money. I find Mm -hmm. myself like, why are you worried about it? You're not going to go without food. You're not going to go without Mm -hmm. shelter. Like you're always been all right. Why are you like, why are you stressing? Like, let it go. Like those are that the way you just described that is, is the dialogue I try to have with myself to calm myself down. Mm -hmm. So if you're getting it from a higher power, uh, yeah, you need to follow that advice. (laughs) Yeah. And here's the thing. It doesn't make it any better than we stress over it because it changes nothing. That's really not true. It makes it worse because now suddenly we feel the burden. We feel down. And I read this morning, I read uh, Abraham, you know, Esther Hicks, the Abraham uh, quotes, and it said something to the effect, if we feel the stress and the worry, what we're doing is we're shutting our system down. It blocks. Our energy lowers. We become heavy. We become darker. And and she didn't say all of that. I'm adding to that. So what we do is become heavier, shot, denser. Heavenly vibrations, divine vibrations, spiritual vibrations are light. They cannot enter when we are so heavy. So we must raise ours to match that heavenly um, energy to come in. Open the circuits. Allow life force to come in. It is challenging, but here's what I said to myself almost two years ago. Everything is going to be better than I thought it would. Everything is turning out better than I thought it would. Certainty, faith. Certainty, faith. Have belief. Everything is going to be better. And by saying that and repeating it and repeating it in those dark moments, (gasps) what a relief. What a relief. I don't know that you're going to have an answer for this, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Now, 
what you're talking about makes sense when we're applying it to ourselves or when we're going through it. But when we see somebody else in darkness, we don't know that they've had their higher self message or their fatherly message. Is there any way that you can think of from your experience and knowledge that we can help them? I mean, like buy them a copy of your book, it sounds like, but that only works when you're ready. Like, I love that you talked about the conversations with God book three times um, (laughs) because you read it when it was the right time. Yeah. And it's not up to us to decide the right time. But do you have any wisdom around that? Here is uh, from another book, a whole series of book. And these are the Joseph Communications written by Michael A. Vecchia in, in, in England. He is a medium. And so now what Michael says is in his book, or the, jo- the, the spirit Joseph says, is that what we must do to number one is when you raise yourself, when you raise your energies and you become lighthearted, your energy again goes out, touches everyone else's energy, lifts them up and then comes back to you magnifold. So what goes out comes back in. You are the mirror image of divine source of God. Because that is the same force. God is the center of the dot and his uh, energy goes out and comes back. So does ours as above, so below, as within, so without. So as you raise yourself and you give beautiful, wonderful, uplifting energy, you lift everything up around you. And that, by the way, has now also been proven scientifically heart math institute is that when we come from the heart we are at our strongest and our vibrations spread much farther than the darker heavier energy of fear and anxiety but the heavier energy is very sticky very gluey very dark and it attaches easily hard to get off coming back to the person that is in darkness what you can do is Send out love and light. If you cannot send out love because you dislike that person, like, for example, I'm sure all of us have certain politicians that we don't like. I'm picking the obvious. (laughs) Politicians we do not like. Some we can't stand. So it is challenging to send love to that person. But light we can. We can send light to that person. And that light changes their energy. And by doing that, you're giving them a gift, a kindness. You do touch them. We may not see it. I don't see that my hair is growing either, but that doesn't mean that it's not growing. Give the gift of love and light or light alone. It's the same. It's one and the same. And you will get through that person at some point. I love, I I love that. I want to, I want, I have two clarifying questions, please. (laughs) The first one is how do, so we have to be light. How Mm -hmm. do we not get caught in the stickiness as you put it as question one. And then number two, and I think I've wanted to ask this of every yoga person and every spiritual person that I've come across. What does that mean? Give them light. What does it mean? How do I do that? I love that. Okay. Thank you. Okay. 
why is why is negative energy sticky? Okay, this is a big question. Here's a I try to keep it short. The reason our world is a physical world, obviously. Physical energy is negative energy. That's not evil. You're not talking, you're talking negatively charged. Spiritual energy is positively charged. Everything must have positive and negative. Everything has a positive side and a negative side. Our world is predominantly negative, uh, which goes back to the fall. And the fall had nothing to do with God kicked us out of paradise. It had to do with us making a decision as spirits millennia ago that we altered the balance of positive and negative energy because we believed with good intentions that if we increased the one, we would make it a better, faster experience to learn and grow and expand. It didn't work, hence the fall from uh, consciousness, from, from, from paradise, whatever you want to call it. Therefore, we are now in a physical energy which is denser material it is heavier it is that is simply what it is because it also lacks the balance of that spiritual energy as it is heavier it sticks to us more like glue how can you get rid of it is by that's what i do in my meditations i visualize light coming in through my Chakras, for those of you who don't know, is our energy centers here from the crown to the eye, to the neck, to the heart, through the uh, solar, the sacral, and the root. Go through me, light, white, bright light going through me, and then I pull up earth energy back up again. I like the balance. Everyone does it the way they do. Then I see a shower of white divine light, ethereal light, washing all negative attachments and vibrations off. Just wash it off. And because it is divine light, it neutralizes it. And then I put white light in my meditation. I visualize white light rings around myself to protect myself as as much as I can against negative energy. And when I'm done with my meditation, I make sure that I close my chakras so that I don't don't get affected by so much negativity. That was answer number one. What was the uh, question number two? <laughs> well, you may have answered it because <laughs> I had a takeaway. It was how do you send light? Yes. But if you're if if you're the person who like let's say lives with someone who yeah. gives you the stickies, it sounds like you can meditate and take control. Yes. And have your light and then just share it with them. Exactly. Exactly. You share it naturally if you are and you are clearly on a spiritual quest. So by being uplifted, by being the light that enters a room, he'll give you an example. When someone who is really dark and depressed enters a room, it changes the energy of the entire room. Correct? Okay. So when you enter a room and you're completely that, that, that wonderful energy, that uplifting, light-hearted energy, you change the room and then some. So that is how you influence others. Giving your light is you can go into a meditation 
and you see the other person in front of you in your meditative state and you send them light, you send them love, healing, soothing light. And that's all you can do. That's how I do it. <clears throat> Thank you. It's, and I wonder how many people, I, I had to ask the question because even as you listen to guided meditations from other people, I think there's some assumptions that are made, right? Yeah. And maybe it's because everything's open to interpretation, but thank you for giving me a safe place to ask that question because <laughs> I've never asked it. So I feel really good about that. Thank you. I love the question. It's a great question because you yeah, have assuming everyone knows, but no, it's true. We don't know. And everyone's approach is different. When I do my hypnotherapy, for example, I make sure that I put light into the room, that I put light into myself, that I create a sacred, safe haven, because this is, I call it God's work. And uh, I only do it when I am prepared. If I don't feel it, I'm canceling because I cannot go somewhere where I cannot go because that would be, if I feel the blues, what am I going to share with you? Oh, are you happy? And you know, that's part of why I, I um, there was a period of time when I didn't record podcasts because I would have been not the messaging that I want to put out there. And I think that takes us to the next level of acceptance and being right. Like we give ourselves that grace and compassion yeah. instead of that pressure or that obligation. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite uh, mentors in the music industry, he's one of my favorite mentors ever, um, but the lead singer from blue October, he's in recovery. And he said, guilt and shame are selfish. He was talking about his journey and he's like, yeah, my counselors told me to, you know, get rid of the, the shil- the guilt and shame because they're, they're selfish. That's mm-hmm. a big thing to swallow. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. So. It is looking for guilt and shame is also for, I feel a way to maybe justify it. I don't know. It's, it's the victim. It's really the victim uh, playing the victim. And it just, it's really maybe feels good for a moment, but it really doesn't. It mm. really doesn't. It's just, and yes, I've done that too. And who hasn't? <laughs> yeah. And at some point we need to let go of that and go, you know what? It's time to accept that we do create what we live in and, and, and the reality we live in. Because um, Michael Singer says this, the only world you live in is the inner world. That's your home. So make that the most comfortable space there is because that's your world. That's your home. Wherever you go, there you are. And you can't just go, oh, let me move out quickly. No, you're staying there. Ah, <laughs> uh, That's brilliant. So Marino, how do you, I, I think I could guess, but I don't want to assume, but how do you feel about manifestation? It's not as fast as you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> because we think, we think I'm manifesting and it's coming. It, and I do believe that we think that because on the other side, in the spiritual realms, because we're ethereal, 
and there is no physical reality present. When we manifest, when we see something, it becomes something because it's instant. In our physical world, that is not the case. That leads to frustration, impatience, and then calling it a day because we didn't see it happen. It takes time. So keep going, start small, see big. I like big visions, but starting small. And because if we start big, it's only going to collapse. It's it's like a pyramid in the reverse. So I see the big vision, but I have to start here small mm. in order to get there. Then I have to reverse the pyramid and start broad to get to the one point. So it's that constant path and shifting and moving. But yes, I do like big visions because otherwise, why do we bother getting out of bed in the morning? If my vision weren't, I'd like to make this world a better place. That's it. That's it. So, <laughs> but we do. And if we all contribute, we can do it. We cannot do it alone. That is a guarantee. It has to be in, in conjunction and in combination, cooperation with the many. Then we will get it done. Yes. You know, I've heard, I've heard many people say, you know, anything from rising tides, lift all boats to collaboration. Like I've heard it in many different styles and stuff, but it's, I got some real clarity around that being the truth and the way I need to proceed. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Raina, is there anything that I forgot to dive into or that you want to share? Um, I did have one more hypnotherapy. Oh, can you do it on Zoom or do you, people have to be? No, it's Zoom works well. Zoom works very, very well as long as I can see the person. So they cannot come with the, bl- with the, with the blind screen or the, the camera off because then I can't see, I cannot see where you're at. But other than that, except for maybe one or two things that we have to modify, which is the havening, that I cannot go through the screen and haven. <laughs> so you have to do it yourself. But other than that, it's it's absolutely possible. It's very good, as a matter of fact. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so that was my last official question. Um, so the floor is officially yours on anything that you might want to share that's on your heart. On my heart is we live in stressful times, but we don't have to make the stress our reality. It's our choice. It's our choice how we respond to it. And I do, I would highly recommend that be very stingy with our thoughtless responses to our stressors, to the triggers. Step back, take a deep breath, and make life more enjoyable. Because it's not worth living if all there is is this panic and this awfulness inside of us. Ah, smell the roses. Enjoy the day. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much. Where can people find you? They can find me on my website. That's the bigger one is dreamabetterdreamnow.com or your GPS to happiness, exactly as it is spelled, as it is written. And uh, your GPS to happiness.com. And I'm on Amazon. They can buy the book on Amazon. And that's how they can reach me. Yep. Beautiful. 
Well, thank you so much for your time today. It truly was an honor to get to meet you and dive in on these topics. Um, I had a lot of fun. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Me too.